Hey guys, welcome to another episode of More Than a Podcast. It's your host James, as always, here to give you guys more of the greatness. So we're going to jump right in. Uh, lots to talk about today. Um, I am highly excited. Um, hopefully you guys are having a wonderful weekend, as am I. So let's just jump right into uh, some discussions. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, me and my clumsiness with some of my um, some of my tech uh, we're going to talk about Axiom Verge 2. We're going to talk about the Final Fantasy uh, 1 through 6 Pixel Remake Collection. We're going to talk a little bit more about Steam uh, Deck and their media day that they had uh, this past week. And we'll talk a little bit about Tales from Arise. But first, let's talk about um, me and my clumsiness. So um, I don't know if I've mentioned it in a past episode, but I may have. Um, I recently... Um, acquired a new tablet and it's actually the first tablet that that i've had in quite some time um i can't even recall the last time i you know went out and actually bought a tablet but um i went out and got the microsoft surface pro 7 and i was really excited um mostly because um i i got so tired of lugging around the old laptop uh which i bring uh, to my job daily, and I just wanted a more efficient way to uh, carry around my work and, you know, be productive while also staying uh, uh, invested in some of my uh, personal things that I enjoy to do, like streaming games and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I got the tablet and I was uh, super enthusiastic about it. Still am to this day, um, but I had a little hiccup. Um, maybe a few weeks into owning it, I actually had an accident and cracked my tablet and I was super, uh, upset and it wasn't because it was, it was cracked. Well, partially it was because it was cracked because here's the thing when it comes to electronics as a whole and me, I never break anything. I never crack anything. I never scratch anything. Um, and that's just been the way I've operated forever. Like as long as I've been investing in anything tech wise, like, I mean, even when I was young, like when I was getting disc based systems, I never allowed anyone else to handle my disc because everybody had a different way to handle them. And I just did not want to suffer scratches or, or scuffs because of somebody else's, uh, lack of understanding, you know, my preference. Um, and you know, in that, you know, when it came to electronics, I never, ever bought insurance for anything because I always took this stance that I was smarter than the circumstances that could, you know, present themselves. You know, like I would never be, you know, uh, mindful, you know, mindless enough to uh, have a cup of water next to my laptop station. Like, it's just not going to happen. Like, I'm not going to, you know, like I'm not going to be, you know, sitting with my tablet with a coffee from Starbucks with with the top just completely off like you know no um but this accident was just completely uh, a freak accident uh what happened was I actually had it in a three ring binder and uh the bezel was tucked under one of the three rings I closed the notebook and the uh pressure between the the uh top ring and uh, the folder just uh, gave way and cracked up the screen, and it just it made a made a bit of a mess on the top end of the bezel. Um, what was miraculous was that you know there are very evident cracks that go across the screen and whatnot, but in uh, in use of the machine, you can never tell. You you could never tell. The only time I was able to tell was when I would turn it off or if I tried to use. Uh, my pen functionality, which that was the big thing where I said, okay, I need to try to get a new one because uh, I started getting into drawing and I was really 
excited about exploring uh, art and drawing and expressing myself in a different way. And now I couldn't do it because I had these, you know, these kind of blips every time I try to draw straight lines across um, the screen. So um, so I, I tried to dig myself out of this hole. And firstly, what I tried to do was I tried to take it back to uh, Best Buy because Best Buy has a policy in place where, you know, uh, if anything happens to it uh, within the span of, I believe, two weeks that you can bring it back and, you know, uh, they'll make do with whatever they have to do. Um, but also, in it, well, here, here's the thing. In those two weeks, you have time to sign up for Geek Squad, which if you have Geek Squad and then you turn around and say, hey, my tablet's broken, then they'll just fix it or they'll give you a new one. So I have 14 days to do that. But then when I went to Best Buy, they told me, up, oh, your 14 day ended yesterday. I'm like, are you kidding me? So I was at a loss and I was just thinking that I couldn't afford to spend the same amount of money that I spent on the tablet initially. Um, you know, like I, I was just I, I was thinking of how I was going to get around this. And then I even went to inquire on uh, third party services, which, you know, it's always cool to know that there's somebody in their neighborhood or, or in your city that can fix um, cell phones or, or tablet screens or laptop screens or whatever. But, you know, it's like it, it's such a selective type of choice and you never really learn that until you actually get up there. So, like, I took my tablet to a few places and was, uh, you know, swiftly told that uh, these places didn't have the resources uh, to fix a Windows tablet. And I don't know, like, I, I just was so thrown off. I mean, I mean, you know, like nine out of 10 times I was just turned away. And uh, the one place that I did uh, go to, they quoted me a price and then I was immediately turned off because uh, it was like running up to a car dealership, being told something over the phone. Hey, you put 200 down. Uh, we'll get you driving away today. But then you get up to the dealership and it's like, well, I need at least five. It's like, don't change the narrative that we originally had that actually got me to get here because I came here under the pretense that it was going to be two. Now you're telling me five. I'm not prepared for five. Like, you know, so that's what it was with me. And I was just like, OK, you're and I actually called him out on it. I was like, well, what about this when you told me that? And I mean, I have the message right here. It's you. This is what you guys quoted me. So he went into this whole story and I said, you know what, if you got to go this far into covering, you know, your tracks, then I don't want to do business with you because it's not honest. It's not an honest business and you're not doing honest work. So let's just kind of call it square and I'll leave your store and never come back again. Um, and at that point I was really at a loss. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I did some more research and I was fortunate enough to find out that, um, I was able to sign up for the Microsoft complete program, which, um, basically you already have a warranty in place with Microsoft. Like they give you, you know, your, uh, standard warranty Whereas if uh, let's say let's say you download Windows 11 and there's this complete blip on your system and you need to um, have it wiped off, but you just have no resources to do it. And nobody else will fix it for you. You can send it to Microsoft. They'll cover it. No problem. Done, done and done. Um, they do not, however, by the standard cover accidental damage. So you have to pay to have your accidental damage uh, covered and in the payment which it was pretty, uh, it was pretty reasonable. So, um, the accidental coverage, uh, uh, plan was only $150. Okay. So $150. And if, and if you think about the scenario where I said, I took the, took it in, uh, to go get it fixed, that guy was going to charge me two sixty five, But then when I, when I went to the actual store, he told me about three, three seventy something. So I actually paid, less than what he quoted me on both fronts just to get, you know, the, uh, the plan. And then to make a claim, you just have to pay, uh, $49. So you pay a, you, you pay $49 and you can make your claim for, uh, a replacement or a repair. Um, but that, but that ultimately is a t determination, uh, 
to the company because they're going to obviously uh, look at your system um, based on your record of, of how it got broken. You know, they'll determine what the best course of action is going forward, whether they need to send you out a brand new one or if they just need to replace it altogether. So um, so I sent mine off. Um, I paid the $49 and it's actually really cool because like when you go through the process, like I remember when I was signing up for it and I mean, I was asking all the appropriate questions about the coverage just because I wanted to make sure that there was nothing that came in on the back end, namely me spending more money. Now, $49 is really not that big of a deal. I would have, I would have preferred if it would have just been like a, you know, 150, no problem, just send it. But I understand in the line of like uh, normal insurance, you know, paying deductibles and whatnot, like I totally get it. So, um, so when you go to process your, your claim, like they basically ask you, how do you want to process this? Do you want to pay the $49 and, you know, have it utilize your, your complete care program? Or do you just want to pay us the 450 for the crack screen and then all said and done? So they give you options because you can you can opt to just pay 450, which I don't know why you would if you had the coverage. But if but if you felt like, uh, you know, I you know, I probably will break my screen two more times before two years is out. And that's how long the uh, coverage lasts. The complete coverage lasts for two years. So it's almost like saying you can break your uh, tablet to uh, one time a year uh, within their coverage and be, you know, be completely solid. And then anything after that will cost you the price of 450 and above, considering uh, what you uh, did to damage the uh, the device. So, um, yeah, so I sent it off. They sent me a shipping label. Um, I sent it off and yesterday. Uh, it'll make its way to their headquarters. And um, it's really cool. They, it, you know, within the um, the email chain, they basically leave me um, a progress tracker where I don't have to log in anything. I just go to my email and I just kind of check the bubble and, it, you know, uh, did it ship yet? Is Did it arrive yet? Are you guys working on it yet? Did you ship it back yet? You know, so everything is in a constant correspondence, which I really, really appreciate. I don't have to, you know, hound anybody down to ask about anything. So what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to set it and forget it, to be honest. I'm just going to kind of raise my hands up, give them about two to three weeks, and I'm just not going to worry about it. And hopefully after two or three weeks, because I'm because I believe in three weeks, I'm leaving on a trip. Um, when I come back from my trip, hopefully the whole uh, tablet situation will be resolved. And then I will um, my 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 coworkers under the impression that they're just going to give me a brand new tablet. Um, I'm not so sure um, if they do, then thank you. <laughs> uh, but I, I would just you know, the the, the mo I mean, I even told them in the description, like, look. The, the tablet itself is fine. It functions perfectly. It's just, you know, from the from the top side of the bezel to all the, you know, separate cracks. It's just, you know, the display that's damaged and it's nothing, you know, it's nothing deep inside that's damaged. Like I didn't drop it. Um, it just happened to crack. So um, hopefully that, you know, hopefully I get that back soon. Uh, we'll see. And I'll keep you guys updated. But I basically just told that. um scenario because the one thing that I really um I really get upset about is that you know when you go online to try to find answers like this um you seem to find like uh different accounts on things some people know what they're talking about a lot of people don't um but I was never able to find anything that was actual to the experience that I just had um so I want to lay this out as a resource for somebody who may be listening to podcasts and they might have a Microsoft thing and they want to know, you know, what what's the worth in having the warranty, the extended warranty and what exactly are your obligations with the warranty. So there you go. Laid out. Done. <laughs> Moving on. We're going to talk a little bit about Axiom Verse 2. Um, now, while Axiom Verse 2 um may not be on everyone's radar for one reason or another. Um, I am highly excited uh, that this game is coming closer to release. I don't know what the uh, solid release date is, but I know that um, at this point, uh, many of the media outlets are um, in preview stage, which which for preview stage usually means that uh, the title is about a month out. 
Um, but um, I, I took a look at uh, some videos online and it looks really, really good. It, it looks really good. Um, it's a slight departure from the original as it should be. You know, I didn't expect that we would follow the same protagonist or the same story thread. Um, this looks like it's going to be going in a different direction. Uh, you're going to take uh, the role of a female protagonist uh, this time. And I believe um, she's going to be uh, equipped with a pickaxe because you're going to be kind of in the wilderness uh, and the mountain ranges and uh, places where there's ice and snow and things of that sort. Um, and then um, as far as the normal side of what we know with Axiom Verge, because in Axiom Verge, it was about being in that in that other world uh and uh well they showed that that other world but not so much um with the main protagonist integrated into that world so um there was a transition which you'll be able to initiate in game where you'll you'll have basically uh two different settings that you're going to be navigating um, in a Metroidvania style. So that's kind of exciting because it's kind of like basically saying I'm basically going to expand the map on two different sides of the coin. And, um, you know, like for people who are completionists, it's like basically that's 200%, you know? Um, so uh, I guess when you're in the other, the other world, um, you are a, uh, a drone. And then again, when you're in the real world, quote unquote, uh, you are uh, this female protagonist. Uh, what I looked at looks solid. Looks like, uh, you know, it it has a it, it, it definitely has a different breath about it, um, which I enjoy because like with the wilderness um, that the real world person is going through and the trees and, you know, the snow capped mountains and, and the deep caverns and looks like underground facilities and stuff like that. I mean, I was just like, yeah, this 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 is kind of cool. Um, it's still in that uh, 8-bit uh, graphic style. Um, and the colors are just really nice and everything. Um, I didn't hear too much of the background music. I heard just like a little bit. And if it's anything like the first one, then I'm all for it because I thought uh, Axiom Verge 1 had a really um, mesmerizing soundtrack. So um, I don't know much about the weapons uh, short of the pickaxe that the female protagonist is using um i think the drone is uh responsible for collecting the the other type of power-ups that can you know affect the environment and you know help to take down bigger uh enemies and whatever but i don't know how they are going to kind of meld their different missions together and i don't know if maybe you know the female from the real world will be able to glitch into the artificial world I don't know plot wise. So and from what I'm hearing, um, it's a 15 hour game. So that's a long game. Uh, well, not not longer than most AAA titles, considering the most AAA titles are up, upwards of 40 something hours. But for an 8 bit, you know, independent game, that's pretty that's pretty beefy. So I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited about it. Um, you know, I, I played the first one. Um haven't quite platinumed it because got to a point where because i always do this with metroidvanias which is part of the reason why i don't like them so much is because i i can never ever get 100 percent on the map even though i've been all over the map like i'm I'm currently suffering through that with bloodstain like i'm literally like 99.8 on the map and i'm like well where is the other two percent like i don't get it where is it like like is it just in the sky do i just have to jump and clear up the sky like i uh, it's 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 a lot of trouble but um yeah axiom verse 2 looks like it's uh lining up to be a pretty interesting game so uh keep your eyes open for that one uh check out online and see uh when that release date's coming and uh hopefully you guys pick it up because i know i will be um moving on to uh final fantasy um not any of the new ones i know people may be playing uh the yuffie uh chapter still if they haven't beaten that or they may be, you know, counting down the days till 16 releases. But um, the original six uh, just got um, a Pixel remake collection released. Um, I believe they've been released on mobile and on Steam. And it could be 
other platforms. Those are the two that I've seen them on, so I don't quite know. Um, but I do know that uh, that you know there's a different undertaking by a different uh, group who are basically looking to rebound the hiccup that was the uh, last release of the original six. So uh, if you're not familiar with the with what's been going on with uh, Final Fantasy, uh, the I just call them the origin titles. Um, you know, everybody's been it, it, every Final Fantasy fan, every true Final Fantasy fan understands the foundation and the roots of the, you know, pre 16 bit era, you know, before they got to, you know, the 32 bit systems and, you know, Final Fantasy seven through, you know, all the all the rest that, that are current now. Um, there were the original six and, you know, the original started on, you know, uh, the NES and, and other systems. And then, you know, you had the, the whole kerfuffle about, you know, uh, two never being released over here. Uh, three was uh, what, what, what was three in the U.S. was actually six in Japan. And it was just this whole big thing. But they've straightened it all out now. And we uh, we all uh, across the world have open access to all of the original six now uh what what square enix tried to do was they tried to capitalize on the popularity of the original six uh more than a few times i mean they've done uh collections on playstation uh they have done ds releases they've done 3ds releases they've just they've done all kinds of uh things to commemorate their original six titles um and in the most recent, they basically had their original six titles uh, remade with a kind of uh, with redrawn art. So it was redrawn. It wasn't like the pixelated uh, graphics that it originally was. And it, it, it made a lot of fans upset. It made a lot of fans upset. And I can't say that their feelings were justified because me personally, I didn't have any investment in any of the early Final Fantasy. So I really didn't care about how it looked from, you know, uh, there to, to, to here. But I understood that as people who may have been invested in the series for quite some time, you know, it was rubbing in the wrong way. So people really just uh, gave Square Enix a hard time about uh, those releases with the uh, redrawn graphics and just saying, and, the, and I guess the rescored music and basically just giving them high hell because it wasn't, uh, a one-on-one -on -one, uh, representation of the original, which I, I, my whole thing is this, like everything has to get better and take, take uh, advantage of current technology. So, you know, if you want to play like the original, original, just go back and get an NES and play it that way. Like, don't bother, you know, don't beat down companies because it doesn't look like what was on the NES. Cause it's just, it, because the funny thing is, is that, you know, at least in my eyes, it, it will be harder to revert, you know, graphics and, you know, uh, graphical fidelity and, and making things look older, you know, accurately than it would be to just make them look current and and good to the standards of today. But uh, there's a like I said, there's a pixel remake of the original one through six. They basically uh, took the effort to make this what fans have been asking for. And so the graphics are back to looking like uh, like they did in yesterday's uh, time. And the music is back like it should be uh, to to Final Fantasy fans uh, expectations. And I, I got to say, like, I'm I'm interested um, now the way that they've so. So they have the one through six and you can actually get the collection. I, I've seen the collection on Steam, I believe, for the for all six games they want, I believe, about. $71. And I don't think that's bad cuz when you consider cuz when you consider it um I think two of them in that in that uh collection alone are worth 25 bucks. Two of them. And I would say that's 4 and 6. Like 4 and 6 are probably the best in the entire uh you know 6 count. And they're easily worth 25 30 bucks easily. Um so and and you get the whole collection and 
Um, but but they also do have them available as uh, single releases. And as a single release, because I don't I don't believe that they are done with uh, four, five, and six. I know that one, two, and three are currently available. So you can go online right now and you can play and you can uh, purchase one, two, and three. Um, and, and again, you you'll you'll start to see how the the price. Um, depending on where you're paying for them, you can see the price progressing between the, the titles like uh, one and two. I think they're no more than seven bucks um, on a sale. And then uh, it immediately jumps from seven dollars to double that for uh, three, because I think with three was when they started having ro more robust characters and they started taking a, a little bit more um, to build on as far as story wise. And then when you get into four, five which five people say that it kind of reverted and it kind of took a step back but you know there was definitely advancement beyond three uh that would again justify them charging more for the game so um i'm i'm excited i think i'm going to wait until they do release the latter three and then i'll just buy the bundle all together um i bought final fantasy one um, I bought the one with the high res <laughs> graphics, the, the redrawn graphics, and I bought it for mobile. Um, so I still have that one. I play that one. Um, I've never to this day played two. I heard that it, it's a highly underrated, uh, entry. Um, oddly enough, I was speaking to, uh, one of my good friends, uh, Roxas, and he was saying that Final Fantasy three, I believe he was, I believe it was him. I believe it was him. It may not have been him, but I think he said that Final Fantasy three was uh, was the worst out of them all. But don't quote me, Rox, if you're listening. I, I'm just I'm going off of what I think, <laughs> not what I know. Um, but yeah, so um, but 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 again, everybody has a different idea on which entry is the best in the original six, which is the worst, uh, which has the best enemy, which has the best plot, which has the best characters which has the best job system if there's a job system in place um everybody has an opinion and you know i think that's what makes final fantasy such a beautiful series is because everybody can find a favorite um between the 1 to 16 you know in the 1 to 16 everybody has a place i believe that there's somewhere for everyone to stand I, i'm not so much on the on the notion that that we should uh downplay anyone's choice on where they like to stand because yes there's a lot of fans who enjoy too there are fans like me who enjoy uh 15 i think 15 was an excellent game um but i'd get enough people who would be willing to burn me at the stake for that um but overall final fantasy i think they are just again a terrific series where everyone uh could have a choice so uh, yeah, if you're into the original six or you haven't played the original six and you are interested and you want to take the newest, um, you want to take a new uh, kind of spin on it uh, while still representing the old uh, style, you can check out the Pixel Remake Collection. Um, I believe they are on Steam and mobile, but they may be on other systems. So check your other uh, network stores uh, on whatever system you use and see if they have that available. Um Speaking of networks and all that jazz, I'm um, going to talk a little bit more about the Steam Deck. I know you guys know that I'm a huge fan of Steam Deck. I uh, put my $5 down for my reservation, and I am excited. And, you know, like I um, – it, it's really funny because, <clears throat> you know, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I think I'm getting mines in December because I was one of the first. I was in the first batch of people who uh, put those $5 down and uh, I believe we are Q4 2021, while most are going to be pushed back to, I believe, Q2 of 2022. And that's highly unfortunate. Um, if I am pushed back with the number of those in 2022, I'm not going to be mad about it. But I am hoping um, and expecting that I will be in the ring of first batch uh, users for the hardware. Um, and it's been really, really cool over all this time. I've been, I've been consuming a lot of information, a lot of speculative, uh, <clears throat> sources talking about what, you know, what they believe the system's going to be like. People have been, uh, you know, putting together systems that mimic 
all of the uh, all of the specs inside of it and uh, showing games running with that. It was just it's just really interesting to watch all of the stuff that people are doing in in, in line of its uh, eventual release um, later this year, early next year. Um, but uh, Steam actually had a media day uh, this past week. I believe it was on Friday. Uh, where they basically flew out uh, media to Bellevue, Washington, uh, to come to the Valve uh, headquarters and check out the Steam Deck, and I was loving that. Um, you know, I wish, you know, I wish that they had done something, you know, a little more on on course with uh, with the fans and appreciating the fans that you know have invested in steam deck in not in steam deck but just in uh steam in general like if you like maybe take somebody who's had your platform for over 15 years and just be like hey we want to invite you up here and check out the steam deck you know we notice you put your five down you know let's get you up here and uh you know come check it out um but it was just media i mean maybe somewhere down the line they'll they'll uh circus tent this thing and you know, get this into places where people can kind of get their hands on it. Cause I, I think that's important. Like it, it's one thing for us to take the value of, of whatever media outlets we trust, but it's really something to like allow people like the average buyer to get their hands on whatever they would, you know, be teetering to make their investment on. So hopefully they're thinking about that and they're going to do something with that. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the media was there. Uh, several different media outlets uh, went to go and check out uh, the Steam Deck. And I just had a ball listening to all of the consensus um, and all of the opinions that were being laid out about the Steam Deck. And it seems that a lot of a lot of the opinion or a lot of the uh, observations line up uh, between all of the different outlets. Now, I wanted to go over a few of those things because I think it's really important, especially considering what most people are assuming about the Steam Deck, as opposed to, uh, you know, holding fast to learn or understand. Now, the one thing that, that I've uh, been seeing has been a, uh, a big misconception is the weight, the weight. So, uh, every single outlet that, you know, reported on this yesterday said that the Steam Deck was lighter than they anticipated. So, you know, you got a lot of people that are out there saying, oh, this thing's going to be so bulky. It's going to, you know, I'm going to get carpal tunnel or it's going to be bad on my arthritis and da da da. I just think too many old people play games. I'm kidding because I'm old. But, um, you know, I, I just think people were. Uh, making too many uh, baseless claims on on the weight of it when they didn't really have like like I said the 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 one on one time with the actual device. But every outlet, every single one, they said this is lighter than I expected. So and and they they didn't they didn't have that with the caveat of it's still heavy. No, it's just it's lighter than I expected. So they went in with this preconceived notion like most people that, oh, it's it's such a big machine. It's going to just, it's going to be, you know, such an anchor. And no. And and I really, really uh, enjoyed that as a utilization of a breath of fresh air for most people who may be thinking that weight is a negative factor that's not allowing them to make the decision on investing in the Steam Deck. Um, one of the other things that, um, that, every outlet said was yeah this thing's huge like like i i like there were there were a lot of uh different outlets i think every single person who went up to bellevue yesterday brought their nintendo switch for the sake of comparison uh one uh person brought a game gear but i think he was more or less trying to be funny because there's really no reason to compare it to uh something that is you know over 20 years old um but yeah, like, you know, comparatively, they were saying like this thing is way wider, you know, way bigger, just no comparison hits the bigger system. Um, the the one thing that I also enjoyed is that they all said, you know, I thought that, you know, with the curvatures on the handle, you know, as far as like, you know, holding the device, I thought it was going to be an adjustment, but I got used to it very quickly. 
you know, and 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 the the analog sticks, you know, they 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 were talking about how it it didn't it didn't have like a particular material or or something rather, but they said but the the grooves and the grips on the side make it just fine. So it was just kind of like they were speaking upon their expectations and how that was exceeded by what was set in place based on, you know, them having that hands-on experience. And I just was, I was in full relief because, you know, it, it's, it's a lot that, you know, we can assume when we don't know, but then again, taking the value, especially when that value is backed by multiple people making the same claim, it just really puts it into a more accurate perspective. And that's really all I wanted, uh, from anything going forward was for you know true information because yeah it would have been one thing for valve to come out and say you know our system is lighter than people would expect it's like yeah but we need real people to go we need real people to to get out there and make that claim for us um you know and 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 that's exactly what happened um one of the other things that came up and you know this is something that people would have to consider they said look you know, full battery played Witcher 3 for an hour and it was down to 30%. You know, it was down to 30%. So, yeah, the thing, you know, the thing is really going to truck hard to, you know, perform what, you know, a, a normal gaming, you know, uh, PC would do just in the form of handheld. Um, and yeah, it's going to take power to do it. So, you know, like I've already made the statement that I don't find, like, I find that if, if I'm playing this thing on the go, it is more than likely going to be on a very short go. If I'm in the backseat of someone's, if I'm in the backseat of someone's car or truck or whatever, then I will be able to, you know, have it you know, ha- play it for like 30 minutes, 45 minutes and, and be all right. But for the majority of the time, I plan on playing this at my desk at work. I'm going to have it plugged up, plan on playing this at home. I'm going to have it plugged up. If, uh, I happen to be driving somebody around, if I start doing Uber or something, this thing's going to be plugged up, man. You know what I mean? Like I'm not going to have, uh, I'm not going to compromise, um, my play time in the consideration of what I decide to play, I think it also go. I think it also boils down to what I decide to play. Like I've been touting to everyone that I would, you know, my my major focus when I get this thing is to uh, re, you know, re uh, re uh, subscribe to Final Fantasy fourteen and play that on the go because that's like the biggest thing to me. Like I love Final Fantasy fourteen, but my wish has always been. Man, I wish I could take this with me, you know, and and, and I'm going to be able to do that, you know. So I'm so I'm excited about the prospect of, you know, having my library with me and being able to expand my library based on things that I did not believe were possible before, you know, because. Yeah, I could have I could have easily bought The Witcher 3 for Nintendo Switch and held that to a compromise of well it doesn't look quite that great but I have it on the go. Like now I don't have to think of that compromise. That's not a that's not a factor anymore. So to to get it to get a Steam Deck and you know ultimately take advantage of a system that's going to basically do what you know an entry-level gaming laptop like let's be real this isn't going to be like some top of the line you know over the top system but it's going to do the work that is necessary right out of the box my again I've, I've already said this on a separate episode my only hang-up is how quick is this thing going to become obsolete because in some respect you have to future-proof it you gotta you gotta make it future proof for at least a good. I I would say this like Series X, PS Five, they're probably future proofed for like the next seven ten years. 
I'd say seven, really. I'm being generous. Seven. And then and then at seven years, they should be they should start thinking about other technologies, newer things to start looking forward to and possibly getting into their next system. I would say with with the Steam Deck, you got to at least future proof yourself for four years. Make it so that anything that releases within the next four years, your system, your system can produce or yes, it, it can it can hold up. And I did hear a lot of the people say, you know, and, and, and you didn't hear this before. So I, I, I definitely appreciated the transparency about um, control because, you know, control is a very demanding, very technically demanding game. And, <clears throat> you know, you know, from Valve stance, it's like, oh, you know, we can run control. OK, cool. But how hard is it for your system to do it? And so now we know, like they're saying, like, yo, you know, if you want to run control and you actually want it to run good, you might want to consider either turning down the resolution or, you know, um, or changing, you know, the just changing the overall quality, change everything to medium or whatever, because trying to do this just on the basis of what you believe the system is able to do is just not going to work there is going to be a compromise in some areas. And that does kind of put up a red flag for me because now I'm kind of thinking, okay, well, how many AAA games like Control do I have to consider compromise for? Because I don't want to have to do it for every game. You know what I mean? Like, it's one thing to be told, like, oh, every Steam game, every game that's on Steam is going to work on the Steam Deck. Yeah, but how well would it work on the Steam Deck? You know, like, what am I going to have to sacrifice or, or, dial down in order to ensure myself that it's running at the level that I need it to run at you know so there so there's still some questions I still feel like they need to they need like they're doing a good job right now because I know a lot of people's concern is like oh you know steam they come out with these systems and stuff and you know they don't they don't really back it too well they just kind of give up on it and it just kind of dies and I'm not one to argue because I've never invested in anything from Steam short of uh, just, you know, the game library. But I think that at, at this stage, they're doing a really good job. You know, they're allowing media to come in, ask questions, do things that, you know, regular gamers do. Like I like I was actually laughing because uh one of the outlets that I was looking at, he said he asked what would happen if, you know, mid game, he you know, he just pulled out the uh, external, the, ex, the SD card. And the guy said without without hesitation, the guy said, why don't you try it? You know, and, and, and to me, like I I appreciated that answer more than the than the actual uh, media personality did, because it was just like, OK, it's not like you are, it's not like you had the answer already loaded but you guys are thinking beyond just creating something for the sake of getting money. And he did pull out the SD card and it was kind of cool. Cause all it did was just uh, re revert back to um, the title screen. No error. No, you know, your system must restart because this exited. None of, none of that just went back to the title screen. Now, whether now, whether, um, you know, the system could be so advanced to where it has an ability to immediately suspend something that is in current motion or whatever, or maybe, maybe, maybe suspend it enough to where it'll load the last time that you saved automatically. That would be cool. So like if you reinserted the card and then you hit, you know, whatever title you're playing, it just says, you know, give me a second. And then it says, you know, loading last safe. Or it just picks up right where you left off. That would be really cool. I don't know if that's possible. Probably not. But if it was, then I'd be pretty happy. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, like I said, I, I put my five down. Uh, I'm going to stay in the running to get one. Um, and we'll see. And I'll definitely... Uh, 
be keeping you guys in the loop anytime uh, some official news for the Steam Deck drops. Uh, lastly, I wanted to talk about Tales of Arise, uh, another title that is on the way um, by Bandai Namco. And, you know, the Tales series is a really popular series. Um, I personally did not know about the Tales series until uh, Tales of Zillia 2, uh, which I purchased on the tail end of owning a PS3. Um, and I was like, oh my goodness, like these characters and, and this banter and all this other stuff. And it was really, really cool. Then I remember getting Tales of Zestaria for PS4. And um, I ended up, uh, you know, I've, I've been darting back and forth in the series but uh, they are making their uh, their entry into the uh, current generation with Tales of Arise. And I got to say, um, Tales of Arise, you know, graphically, it looks great, you know. But but here's my thing. OK, and, and this is really just a quick take. I'm not going to go on and on about Tales of Arise, but Tales games are cool. Right. But let's just be honest. Um, they don't have the robust storylines like Final Fantasy. Their characters are okay. Um, you know, it's, you know, like, it's usually, like, for me, I've enjoyed the games that I've played in the series, but over time, I just got this feeling of, same same and and you know and yeah you know tales uh ta the tale series is more of an action style rpg but i think that i think that's why i'm not as excited for tales from arise like i know a lot of people are going to be like oh you know i get to you know take a whole new story and and new characters and this that and the other it's like yeah that's all great but like when is it going to feel the same to you? Because it really is the same stuff. Even if they have different scenarios, it's just button mashy. You know, it's just it's just button mashy. And that and like, I don't know, like, I, I don't like I don't I don't want I don't want to invest in, you know, uh, role playing games where the sole objective is just to mash buttons. You know. Because I'm not going to lie to you. I haven't beaten Tales of Zestiria. Haven't beaten Tales of Zillia. Um, haven't beaten any of the Tales games. And it's usually because I just lose my interest halfway through. Because it just becomes evident really quickly that all I'm really doing is just mashing a bunch of buttons. And I'm not really learning anything solely about the characters that I'm playing as. So it just doesn't keep me invested. Now, will it be an entertaining game? Absolutely. I mean, from what I've seen graphically, the thing, you know, the game looks great. Gameplay wise, looks like it, there's a lot of things that they're doing. Um, you know, I, I, I enjoy what they put in front of me, but I just think for me, this is one of those games that, you know, it just seems like it's following the normal trope of Bandai Namco RPGs. And pretty soon... It, it'll wear on me quicker than it will grow on me. And, 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 and again, I, I think I will invest in the game somewhere down the line, but it'll be more on the side of a sale. Like, I don't think that this is something I'm going to go day one on. And I don't think that this is something that, you know, I would ever pre-order. Like, I, I don't think I'd ever pre-order a Tales game. You know, I enjoy them, but like they're not like that up in the ranks for me. And it's just and, and I and I just think over time they've just kind of lost. They, I think they just kind of lost a little bit of of what truly made Tales games special. You know, and and I and I don't say I don't say that I don't say that to say that the people who produce the games have lost their touch or lost their edge. I just don't think that that tales is a series that has this type of longevity you know like i don't think that this type of longevity is warranted to a series like the tale series like 
and some of you are maybe arguing right now, well, how could they get this far if they didn't? Well, because people will keep making things that are just completely unnecessary. Because because at the end of the day, you know, somebody's going to buy it. But that doesn't necessarily speak on its viability as a series onto where fans can, you know, um, appreciate over time. It'll just be one in the number of your mini RPGs. You know, I don't think it's a top five or even a top 10 RPG series. But I could be wrong. I don't know. So what do you guys think? Uh, you guys into the Tales series? Are you guys looking forward to investing in Tales of Arise? Um, have you guys been keeping up with the Steam Deck? I know I bring it up a lot, but just kind of looking to have some dialogue with people uh, about the Steam Deck and whether they plan on uh, getting this thing or just going to look and see what's uh, going to be cooking for that. Um, how do you guys feel about the recent re-release of the original six uh, pixel remasters uh, Final Fantasy? You guys interested? Are you not? Did you, you know, um, were you fine where it was? Do you only play the originals on the systems that they came out on? Like, what's your whole thought on that? Um, how do you guys feel about Axiom Verse 2? Was it on your radar? Did I just remind you that that thing was actually still a game? Um, what, what do you plan on investing in it when it does eventually release? And have you ever had to claim a warranty on a broken product? That will be some really interesting stuff for me to talk about with you. You guys can always hit me up on the Twitter, uh, at more that's M O R E T a podcast on the Twitter. And I'm there for you guys as you have always been there for me. Hey, I really do appreciate you guys coming around, uh, taking a listen to the podcast, um, I really do enjoy doing what I do for you because I know that, uh, you know, you guys wouldn't be here if I wasn't doing what I claim every single week, which is giving you guys more of the greatness. So until I have no more listeners, I will continue to do that. Well, even if I don't have any listeners, I think I'd be smug enough to continue doing my podcast, <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Well, anyway, uh, you guys have been awesome. I've tried. <laughs> Do me that favor, guys. Take care of yourselves and each other, and I will see you guys next time. Bye, guys.